0: Come on, don't stop now. We just saw what God did. He changed some lives this morning. Come on, give him some more praise. If you still believe he's a chain-breaking God, why don't you shout and give God some praise? He's still transforming lives. Come on, don't stop now. God, we thank you. God, we worship you. God, we exalt you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the witnessing of transformed lives. God, we thank you that you continue to be a chain-breaking God. That when you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, it wasn't just to have a place to go when we die, and that's good, but it is for us to have a purpose to live for right here in this world. And so, God, we are thankful that you continue to choose us and to use us to bring other people to christ and god we are grateful that while the world around us may seem crazy that today is evidence that, Jesus, you are still on the throne, that you are still changing hearts, that you're still transforming this world, that people who are sinners can still receive forgiveness, that there is no mistake that we have made that will ever stop loving you, that you will continue to love us and you will continue to pursue us, God, that today is evidence, God, that no matter what we've done in our past, that you are still able to transform lives. And for that, we say thank you. And so, God, we pray now that as we prepare to get into your word, that you would continue to move in and throughout this place, God. Help us to have ears to hear and help our souls and our hearts to absorb what you have to say to us, God, so that we can continue to be transformed into your likeness and into your image. Jesus, we say thank you, thank you, thank you, and it is in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus we pray. Now, if you believe that, let the church say amen. Come on, give them some more praise. I got to tell you, there is no greater joy for me as a pastor than to hear people make a commitment to be a Christ follower and then for them to be baptized like what we just did. That's why we do what we do. All of your prayers, all of your giving, all of your sacrifice, all of you who continue to serve. We just witnessed this is why we do what we do. And so let that be an encouragement to you because that's why we're here. So if you're just joining us for the first time, my name is Lamar, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Before we get into this series, just want to give you some information in front of you. There's something in your chair called a connection card. If you can grab one of those, if this is your first, second, third time, or maybe you've been with us as a guest, but you never fill one out, go ahead and fill one of those out and let us know some information about you. Also know that even if it's not your first time, you want to place a prayer request on there, Uh, The pastors and the elders and the prayer team pray over these every week. So just know that you have someone at this church that is really praying for you so you can submit those. And then also, if this is your first time today, immediately following the service, we have our first newcomers lunch. And that is for those who are new to our church Maybe you've been visiting for a while and we want to get a chance to get to know you. And so immediately after the service, we will meet downstairs. Someone will direct you that lunch lasts about an hour, hour and 10 minutes. It's free, so it's free food. Don't pass that up. Child care is provided. Uh, and it's just a chance to get to know me, some of the staff, and elders of the church. And it's a great opportunity for you to find out more about Tri Cities if you're praying about this being the place where you want to serve. Last quick announcement. I want you, if you have a smartphone, pull it out right now. I promise the usher's not gonna come with a white glove and tell you to put some of y'all got, I'm still traumatized too. If you own a smartphone, pull it out right now, go to your app store, search Tri-Cities Church, T-R-I-Cities Church, and you can now download the Tri-Cities Church mobile app. You can download that. So it's on all platforms for your iPad. If you're an Android user, I'm praying for you. But we still have, we still made the app available to you too. There are two great concerns I have as a pastor, those who don't know Christ and those who are not iPhone users. Anyway, I, I pray for both daily. So go ahead and download that and, and subscribe for the notifications. It's a great way to keep up with what's going on in the church, uh, a way that we can communicate with you. You can listen to all the sermons on there. Uh, the, the church calendar will be uploaded to there. Everything that you need to know about Tri-Cities will now be in the palm of your hand. And so it's a great tool. We encourage you to, to download that. All right. So we are in week one of a new series called Live Again. And just a few weeks ago, we celebrated uh, Easter. We celebrated the resurrection and we celebrated by giving you if you weren't here, go back. Uh, to download the app or you can go to the website or to iTunes podcast and you can listen to that message where we talked about very systemically walking through why we believe what we believe about the resurrection. And if that's true, then there are some things that we invited you to do to make some decisions based on us saying, "Okay, this is why we believe it. We know it's strange if you don't believe it. But here's why we believe it. And we're inviting you to join us in walking with Christ. So I I encourage you to go back and listen to that because this series is going to be short. It's going to be only three weeks, so you can't afford to miss any of the weeks. It's kind of based on this idea of resurrection. And so the the title of the series is To Live Again. Let me just read you a quote from Irenaeus, one of the early fathers of the church. He says this, that the glory of God is a human being fully alive. That if if we are to live in ways in which God gets glory out of our lives, the glory of God is seen in those of us who live, who are fully alive. Here's what this series is about. We are going to examine the life of three people. There are maybe perhaps more, but in our Gospels, there are three people that Jesus actually resurrected before his own resurrection. And we want to look at their lives and see maybe are there some things that we could learn about being fully alive. Here's why I love this, because Paul says this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, he says something that I love. He says this in chapter 3, he says, uh, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, and I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, verse 11, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Here's what Paul is dealing with before I set up who we're going to talk about this week. Paul is dealing with uh, in Philippians a whole group of people who they're kind of resting on their laurels. You heard that before where it's kind of like I've been doing good so far. I've done okay. You know I'm not really where I want to be but I'm not really what I used to be and so I've made enough progress. I've made enough commitment. I've I've made enough progress in my spiritual life and my family life to where uh, I don't really feel like I need to do much more and so they're Are kind of what Paul describes as they were they were kind of resting on their laurels. He says that they, they had too much confidence, here's a good church word for you, in the flesh. They were too confident in what they had accomplished for themselves. They were too confident in their education. They were too confident in their bank account. They were too confident in the fact that I'm married, I have 2.3 children, a white picket fence, and a good job. And so I'm not where I want to be, but I'm just going to rest right here because there's no need for me to get better. And Paul says, wait a minute now, if anybody has a right to brag, about what they've accomplished, it's me. Then he goes into this litany. He says, you want to talk about flesh? Mine's impressive. I was circumcised on the right day, and I was a Jew of Jews, and I was trained by Gamaliel. I had the best education. If anybody amongst all of us has a reason to brag, it's me. But then he goes on to say, but I don't brag about what I've accomplished because everything that I've accomplished on my own means nothing. That that I could say, you know what, look at me. I've got everything that you all say you want But I'm not going to rest on my laurels because there's something about being better. Can I just say this before we even jump down into the text? Better is always right. Better is always right. Is there a better way to do it? Is God calling you to be better? Is he calling you to do more? Is he calling you? Don't rest on your laurels. Paul would say it like this. Have no confidence in your flesh. I don't care what you've accomplished. You can always get better. You can always grow more. There's always a life that God is calling us to. Better is always right. Can I just make a confession? Um, So uh, last week, I'm probably on day eight or nine. uh, I started a new uh, workout uh, and I actually had to call the police because I swear to y'all, my trainer tried to kill me. Like, I filed a police report and everything. No, get him because this is not of God. He tried to kill me. Arrest that man. And um, so, so I started doing, some of you have heard this before, and I've done it years ago. And I kind of, uh, because years ago I got in shape, and then I kind of just rested on that, and I got out of shape. And so uh, I started back working out, and I started doing CrossFit. And some of y'all seen last week where I could hardly move. That's why I couldn't hardly move. I couldn't sit down because I was sore. And here's one of the things that I learned. Uh, doing this new workout. Uh, The first day I went in there, and I should have known this, we we start working out. Uh, They have something on the board, and you start doing the workout, and and then you get a sweat going, and my heart rate is like at 168, and then they were like, all right, now that you're loose, let's start working out. I said, I thought that was a workout. No, 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 that's to get you loose. And what I learned is, is that even before I could progress and get better, there's some stuff that I had to do just to get loose. So can I just tell you this morning, uh, and maybe I haven't said this since I've been here. It's all right to talk back to the preacher, okay? Because what I want you to do this morning As we examine the life of one of those people who got resurrected is I want you to understand that first and foremost, because I want you to consider me your your spiritual CrossFit trainer. I'm going to work you. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going to push you. And before we get to it, we got to make sure that you get loose. I need you to get loose, get loose, get get warmed up, because there's some stuff that we're going to deal with over the next three weeks that's going to require us, as we look at the life of people who gave Jesus gave a second chance at life, we've got to learn how to get loose. Here's what I love about this whole assessment, because obviously... Uh, none of us are physically dead. So I'm not talking about physical resurrection. I'm talking about spiritually. How can I get better? How can I live a more full life if the glory of God is seen in those of us who live a full life? You remember Jesus said this, that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Some translations say I have come that you might live life to the full. May I suggest to you this morning that some of us are merely existing. We're not really living. And Jesus says, no, I want to push you. I don't want you to just exist. I want you to live and I want you to do better. And, and one of my favorite authors, Peter Cazero, says in Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he says this as we begin to think about areas in our life where maybe I'm spiritually stuck or spiritually dead. He says this, the work of growing in Christ, what theologians call sanctification, does not mean we don't go back to the past as we press ahead to what God has for us. It actually demands We go back in order to break free from unhealthy and destructive patterns that prevent us from loving ourselves and others as God designed. Here's what we've been taught sometimes, and maybe it was far good in that moment in that season, but we've been taught, you know, don't worry about the past, uh, don't go back. But can I just suggest this morning that if we're going to have the same resurrection power that Paul talks about, did you hear what Paul said? He says, I want to know Christ in the suffering and in the power of his resurrection. And then at the end in verse 11 he says, so if there by any means I may attain the same power that got Jesus up from the grave he says, watch this, I'm going to do it all. Okay, some of y'all just missed it because can I just tell you some of us uh, and don't, don't look around, don't drop your head because nobody's going to I'm talking about you. Look straight ahead when I say this. Some of us, the reason why we missed the resurrection power is because we've been skipping steps. Paul says if there's any way that I can obtain the same power that got Jesus up from the grave, I want to do every single step that it requires. I don't want to miss no steps because if there's a power out there that helps me live better than what I'm living now, Paul says, I want it all. I don't know about you, but I'm greedy when it comes to God. I want more God. I want more of his blessings. I want more of my life. I want to worship him more. I don't know about you, but when it comes to God, I get greedy. I want it all. God, if there's any way that I can obtain the same power that got Jesus up from the grave, I want it. I'm not skipping no step. Somebody just bump your neighbor and say, get loose. See, some of us, we got to understand that maybe some of the reason why I'm not living life to the full is because I haven't gone back and allowed the resurrection power to reframe my history. See, these are the symptoms, Scazzaro would say, of emotionally unhealthy people. Here's two. He has 10, uh, but here's the ones that I found super important for this series. He says, here's some signs that you're emotionally or spiritually unhealthy, maybe even spiritually dead in some areas of your life. Number one, he says, when we're unhealthy, we have a tendency to die to the wrong stuff. Can I just be honest with you? We don't have problems dying to stuff. There's stuff that we give ourselves over to every single day. He says that's not the problem. The problem is that we have a tendency as human beings to die to the wrong stuff. We give ourselves over to stuff that doesn't deserve our life. We give ourselves to people who don't deserve our life. We give ourselves to habits that don't deserve our life. He says you want to know when you're really unhealthy spiritually and you're dead? You don't have a problem dying. You have a problem dying to the wrong stuff. Then he says something else that I feel like is extremely important. He says, then we have a problem of denying the past impact on the present. See, that's where we got to really wrestle with that because you've been taught get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like cry river, build a bridge and get over it. And can I just tell you that sometimes that might be healthy in the moment when you have to dust yourself off. But at some point we got to go back and allow this resurrection power to reframe our history in ways that challenge us to be better. So he says that we deny the past impact on the present. Okay, so let's just jump down into one of the people that Jesus raised from the dead. Now, this is not the first story of someone that Jesus raised from the dead because remember Paul says I want that power I want this resurrection power I want that bounce back power anybody in here got some stuff that you want to bounce back from that tried to bury you and to tried to take your life out and you need some of that power to help you bounce back from some stuff that tried to kill you Paul says I want it all so let's look at some of those people that Jesus gave that bounce back power to this is not the first next week we'll talk about the first one but this is probably the most popular all of us know about this dude named Lazarus like even if you didn't grow up in church and if you didn't you're here this morning that's cool this church is designed just for you but if you grew up in church even if not he's just kind of one of those figures in our culture that is synonymous with resurrection you don't even have to really know the bible you've heard about Lazarus he's the guy who Jesus brought back from the dead and so uh let me just jump into John chapter 11 and then I'm going to read a couple of verses and then we'll go back and sort of work through this so maybe we can see how we need to get loose this morning. John chapter 11. I'm going to start at verse 39. Not going to read the whole story because it's long, but I'm going to break it down for you. Verse 39. Jesus, we dropped down into him at the tomb. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Verse 40, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Let me just parenthetically pause. That kind of reads like how you told your children something several times, and they keep asking you questions, or they haven't done what you asked. You know what I'm saying, so you got to read it in that context. Jesus says, didn't I tell you You know how it is, parents. Didn't I tell you to clean up your room? Didn't I tell you to finish your homework? Didn't I tell you? Obviously, Jesus had already had this discussion with them before, and he's getting a little bit annoyed at the fact that you should know this. I already told you. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. A couple of other versions say Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. And it says that Lazarus, as a cadaver, made his way out of the tomb. And then Jesus said this, loose him and let him go. Why is that important? Because can I just be honest with you? Some of us, Jesus has already called us out of that grave. We sang it this morning. You came out of the grave when you gave your life to him. But can we just be honest? I'm going to bowl down your lane this morning. Just look straight ahead. Some of us have already been raised, but we still bound. He, he, he's up. He's responded to the call. But Jesus said, there's one more step that just because you've been raised doesn't mean you're yet free. And he says, Lazarus, come out. So, you know, the story, the story goes on. Can I just give you a little bit of context this morning? The story goes that Jesus was hanging out with his homeboys. And you remember they said that that one of the messengers sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was dead. Now, you got to understand something about Lazarus and Jesus had a tight relationship. Lazarus and Mary and Martha, those were his homeboys, his homegirls. They were, they were cool. I don't know if you even knew this, that as Jesus traveled, he used to stop in Bethany at Mary and Martha's house because that was kind of like his little But That's how tight they were with that. When Jesus was out doing ministry and he needed a place to just lay his head and to gather himself, he would went. you remember, remember, Of the story of Mary and Martha invited him over and they were cooking and Mary was just chilling at his footsteps and Martha was cooking for him because that was a regular occurrence that Jesus hung out. This just lets you know how tight they were. They sent word to Jesus and says, Jesus, the one you love is sick. You know, the guy who's your homeboy, this is, you're you're tight with him. You stay at his house. That's sort of your ministry headquarters. And Jesus received word that Lazarus was sick. And Jesus loved Lazarus and his sisters. Don't get this twisted. This is somebody that he didn't just know casually. This was his boy. This was his man, a hundred grand. They were homeboys. He loved Lazarus. This is his man. I, I, I love Lazarus. And Jesus decides, watch this to stay two days past the bad news. Wait a minute. I thought you loved this guy. You mean to tell me you got word that your homeboy is sick? Come on now. We see you out here healing everybody else. You know, I don't know if you know this, but Jesus sort of has this track record with the people who are the closest to him. It seems like he didn't really do for them, like, okay, y'all looking at me like I'm funny. Let me give you some more Bible. You remember his cousin John when he was locked up in prison and John said, send word to Jesus, are you the one or should I wait for another? Why do you say that? Because, come on, Jesus, we cousins. We cousins. You would think you would break me out of this joint. After all, I'm preaching and teaching for you. And you left me in here locked up. See, Jesus kind of has this track record that sometimes the people that he's close to, he lets them go through stuff. Don't miss that. Because some of you think that just because you're going through something that God doesn't love you, that God is not close to you. But sometimes if you read the biblical text, it's the people that are closest to Jesus that he allows them to go through some stuff. Because after all, didn't I tell you? That you would see the glory of God if you just believe. And sometimes the reason why you go through stuff is not because you've done something wrong; is that God might be trying to use you to prove something. This is the guy that he loved, and it says that he waited two days past the bad news about Lazarus. That I mentioned that when the word came to him, it says he was definitely ill; he wasn't sick. With a cold, he's on his deathbed. Hurry up, Jesus, get on the scene and do that stuff that you've been doing for everybody else. After all, you do love him, don't you? Jesus waited for two whole days. And if you calculate the distance and travel time, Lazarus actually, by the time the word got to Jesus, would have already been dead. In the process of them going to meet Jesus, to give the news, before they even got to Jesus, Lazarus was already dead. Like if you calculate the time it would have took him to travel and the time it would have took him to get to Jesus and Jesus got back there. Remember, it says that he was in the grave for four days. Why is that important? Because in Jewish custom, it was custom to bury somebody on the day of their death, which means That when they send word that Lazarus is definitely ill, by the time the word got to Jesus, Lazarus was already dead. And Jesus still waits two days and takes his time. I don't know about you, can I just give you a moment of pastoral transparency? Does it sometimes feel like God's just taking his sweet little time? And like, am I the only one who feels like that? Like, okay, God, I've been praying about this for 10 minutes. Get on it. That was the best 10-minute prayer I ever did in my life. By the time I get up on my knees, I want heaven and earth to move. And God is just taking his sweet little time. Lazarus is already dead. And then it says that he goes on to, to finally move. And his disciples, who really didn't get it, said, well, if Lazarus is, uh, if he's, he's sick, he should, he should. Sleep. And he'll feel better. They must have been from Georgia. <laughs> They're like from southern Jerusalem, right? Because you know how we are when you're sick. Just take a nap. Or Take some Robitussin. You know what I'm talking about. Or some VIX Vapor Rub. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all grew up like I did. Robitussin and, and Vapor Rub and a nap will cure everything, even cancer. That's what our grandparents believed. <laughs> At least that's what the generation before me believed that. Jesus says, no, Lazarus is not, he's not asleep, he's dead. Which suggests, don't miss this, that Jesus knew he was dead when he decided not to go. Did y'all miss that? Jesus already knew the man was dead and decided to wait for two more days before he even went to see about the family. I don't know about you, but in my times of grief and bereavement, if something's going on in my life, you better show up on the first day. You know what I'm talking about. When you have people and something's going down in your life and they don't show up on time. Like I'll give you a couple of hours but send me a text or something. Acknowledge that you know that I'm hurting Jesus. Acknowledge that you know that my boy just died. Acknowledge that you know that we just had a death in the family. You might not have been able to get here. I don't know what your circumstances are but at least send word that you're praying for me. Anybody in here ever had somebody in your life who you thought would respond when times got tough and then you couldn't find them anywhere or it's been a week or two weeks or a month and I haven't heard anything come on Jesus this is your boy at least acknowledge you know I'm hurting And Jesus said two days I'm going to chill before I even go and that's what I love about this text because let's go back to verse 39 it says when Jesus got there uh, they, they went out to meet him Mary confronted him he said, show me where the tomb is. Verse 39, right back to where we started. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Listen to Martha's response. But Lord, he has been dead for four days. See, I don't mean anything to us, but in Jewish customs, they believe that at three days, for three days, the spirit would circle the body. And then after the third day, it would descend or ascend, and then that person was dead. dead. You know what I'm talking about, like when you kill a, a roach or something. No, 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 y'all got roaches, right? <laughs> and you want to know, is it dead or is it dead dead? You know what I'm talking about. After, because, after, you know, they start squirming, and you think, I thought I had that sucker, and he got up and ran away. No, when they say Lazarus was dead for four days, what they're saying is he was dead dead. The spirit is gone. He's Lord. He, he's been dead for four days. You know what that means. He's he's really gone. There's there's no chance. This is not coming back anyway whatsoever. And then she said he's been dead four days and the smell is going to be terrible. OK, here's my first point for you. You ready? No takers. Write this down. Resurrections don't smell like roses. Don't stop believing just because it stinks. Okay, some of y'all looking around like you don't know what I'm talking about, but you got some stuff in your life right now that smells awful it smells bad it it stinks this situation on my job it stinks the situation in my family it stinks the situation with my finances it stinks there's some stuff right now that is smelly god awful smelly it's the smell of death this this is going down and it's not going to change but can I just tell you something if it stinks keep believing why because resurrections never smell like roses you might be a candidate for God to bring some dead stuff back to life don't stop believing just because it stinks and some of us we backed away from some stuff that we've been praying for because it starts to smell bad it just don't look good it don't sound good it don't feel good and all of my five senses are telling me that this is not going to end up good but can I just tell you something resurrections never smell like roses it's always going to stink right before God shows up and does this thing she says but, but his body it's, it's been there for four days and there's this horrible smell. And he knows that Jesus didn't even acknowledge that. He didn't even, he, didn't even, he didn't even dignify that with a response. Did you catch what he says? Just move the stone. <laughs> just, just move it. I didn't ask you. Okay, some of y'all just missed that. I didn't ask you what it feels like. Okay, some of y'all just missed it. This side, y'all acting too holy. Let me go over here. <laughs> I think they're feeling me. God said, I didn't ask you what it smells like. I didn't ask you what it feels like. I didn't ask you what it sounds like. I didn't ask you what you heard. I didn't ask you what they said. I didn't ask you. All I'm asking you to do is continue to believe. Didn't I say that you would see God's glory if you just believe? All he's asking you to do is just believe that he's able. He didn't ask you whether or not he's been dead for four days. I just asked you to move the stone are you going to believe me or not? He says, just just move it. And then he makes two challenging statements. Before I really get into the meat, that's just my warm-up. I'm just getting loose. <laughs> <laughs> he makes two challenging statements. John eleven fourteen. 14. Remember I said this already. Verse 14, so he told him plainly. This is after the disciple says, uh, maybe he just needs to get a nap and he'll feel better. And Jesus says, Uh, verse 14, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15, and for your sakes, listen to this, this is hard. He says, for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad he died. I'm glad you're going through what you're going through. I'm glad it stinks right now. Why? Because, watch this, for now you will really believe. See, it's one thing If he shows up before it feels like it's done, it's a whole other level of belief. When God lets that thing die until it stinks, until you can't stand the stench, Jesus says, I'm glad he died. The guy you love, you're saying you're glad he died. Yeah, I'm glad he's dead. Why? Not because of him. But because okay, some of y'all miss it. Let me go, let me go to verse 41 when he says this in front of the tomb. He says, So they rolled the stone aside, then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father thank you for hearing me. Verse 42, you always hear me, but I said it out loud, watch this, for the sake of all these people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Can I just pause right there? What if God let you lose something just so he can give it back to you so that somebody else can watch what he's doing in your life so that they will believe. Sometimes the stuff in your life stinks, not because it's about you, but because God is trying to prove something to some who don't believe in him I'm glad you're struggling yeah 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 I'm glad it hurts you I'm glad she left you I'm glad they fired you I'm glad that it didn't work out I'm glad that you thought that all this was going to work out and it died Jesus says the guy that I love I'm glad that he's dead why because when I get there God's gonna get the glory out of this situation because he's not just sleep he's dead dead and some of you, can I just tell you, God is saying, I'm glad it didn't work out. Well, you heard about it, I'm glad it didn't work out. Because what I'm about to do is going to prove something to the world that I'm still on the throne and I still who I say I am. Sometimes God's got to let some stuff die so that he can, I want to know Christ through the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. You cannot get that power without something dying. Jesus shows up and says, I'm glad that all that happened to you because I got something to prove. Okay, so let me just, let me give you this because this is what you really need this morning. We got to have what I call some holy hindsight. Because right now, some of us, God may have called us out, but we're still not loose. Yeah, you accepted Christ; He called you out. You got up and and you made your way out of the tomb. But He says there's another step to the process where you've got to get loose. And so we gotta we gotta develop what I call holy hindsight. Watch this: hindsight is the understanding of a situation or event only after it has happened. Jesus says, "I'm glad it happened." Because now you're going to get some insight into what I'm trying to do in your life. You know what our problem is? We have something that psychologists call hindsight bias. Okay, some of y'all don't know what that is, so let me break it down to you. It's a term used in psychology that explains the tendency of people to overestimate their ability to have predicted an outcome that could not possibly have been predicted. Where is that in the text, Pastor, when Mary comes out and says, if you had been here my brother wouldn't have died. How do you know that? Can I just tell you, most of what we need to get loose from is this ability that we think that we have to predict an outcome that probably would have never happened. God, if He had just done it my way, I would have never been facing them circumstances. And Jesus looks us eye to eye and says, I'm glad it died. I'm glad it's over. See, you can't see it right now because you have what's called hindsight bias. If you would have been here, this never would have happened. You know why that's detrimental to you getting better? Because most of us spend our time, watch this, struggling with the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And you're up, but you ain't loose. There's some stuff he's called you out of, but you're still bound, because if he would have, and if I could have, and if they should have, and if this would have happened, and if that would have happened, and he says, you got up, but you ain't loose, because you're still tied to what would have, Jesus, if you had have done B or C. Or D, you know what I'm talking about? Come on. now, feel me where I'm still tied to to what happened because I can't let go and allow God to give me some holy hindsight. It's it's this bias I have. And so there's two things. And I'm going to get out of your way that we can learn from a lesson from Lazarus on how to get life and to get loose. Watch this. Resurrection is a radical reorientation of life. Once you've been on the other side of death and God has called you, remember Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, you were dead because of your sins and because of Christ not through your works. You were resurrected. You were brought back to life. And once you've been on one side of death and you come back, it reorients your entire life. Life is not the same when Jesus calls you out of that grave. It is a radical reorientation of everything in your history. So can I just tell you this? Here's number two. I gave you number one a long time ago. You got to go back. In order for us to get loose, number two, we got to break the bias barrier. That that Mary said, and can I just say this? Because Lazarus was dead, and and so let's, okay, here's where we're going to get real. Sometimes the the reason why you have a bias or the reason why you think you could have done it better or you think that how God played that situation out is not correct It's because it might not even be you. There's other folks around you that you are biased because of their perspective. Okay, some of y'all just missed that. Because it wasn't Lazarus who said it. It was his sister. Why is that important? Because in order—don't miss this—for Jesus to get Lazarus out of the tomb, he's asking the folks around Lazarus to move the stone— why didn't she move the stone? Because she wants to play woulda, coulda, shoulda. Can I just tell you, there's some folks in your life that the reason why you can't get loose is because you've got folks around you who keeps telling you what you shoulda done and what you coulda done and what shoulda happened. And Jesus says, I didn't ask you for your opinion. Get out the way and let me do my thing. And some of us, can I just be honest with you, we're up, but we're not out because we are believing behind someone else's bias about what happened you know what I've got to say to you and I want to make sure that you get this we overestimate watch this we, we tend to overestimate what we could have done with power that we can't even be trusted with y'all, y'all missed that Because we want to say what we would have done if we had that position, or if I was the supervisor, or if I was that person, this would have never happened. Come on, you know how we are. We play would have, could have, should have. We play hindsight bias. If I was my parents, I would have raised me like this. If I would have, you know what I'm talking about. When I get my own kids, this is how I'm going to do it. And everything that we have connected ourselves to is continuing to cause us to miss out on getting loose because we've got people and we've got problems and watch this we got perspectives on how God is working and God is saying the reason why you don't have that power to change things is because you can't even be trusted with it and we tend to overestimate what I would do with power that God won't even trust you with Mary I didn't ask you all that I just said move the stone. Okay, and I'm not gonna get in your business. Do you have people around you who are blocking you from getting out of the stuff that God is calling you out of? Because they continue to say what should have happened and what would have happened. And girl, if I was you, I would have did this. Child, if I was you, I'd have left him a long time ago. It already stinks. Why? Why are you still holding on to that? Why are you still believing? Watch this. Why are you still going to that church? Why do you still believe in God, even though you've been praying for a year and it hadn't come through yet? Jesus says, get out the way and get the folks out the way who are blocking you from getting loose. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. I'm not saying be rude or mean or cut them off, but there's some people that you can't afford, watch this, to carry their bias. Just because they had a hard time with a church doesn't mean that all churches are bad. Just because one person who was a Christian hurt you don't mean that God is not who he says he is. You got to let that stuff go and get loose. So we tend to overestimate. So here's a question. How can I learn from what God let me lose? Is there something that God lets you lose? He loves you to death, but he lets you lose something What can I what can I learn? So we've got to learn to never allow our belief to follow our bias. My bias may actually be blocking my blessing. Here's something for you to to grab. Jesus always has a better perspective and a bigger objective. I don't care what you think you would have done if you were God. Jesus always knows better. Here's the last thing. So you've got to break, break the bias barrier. Number, number three, have the humility to hear. God and others. Do you notice that Lazarus wasn't living, but he was still listening? Some of y'all missed that. He, he wasn't living, but he still heard when Jesus called him. Can, can I just tell you something? Some of our problem is can't nobody tell us nothing. Not even God. And the reason why I'm not loose yet it's because I stopped listening. Lazarus was no longer living, but he never stopped listening. I don't care what you've been praying for that hadn't worked out. It stinks. Everything is upside down. Don't you dare stop listening for the voice of God. Because even though he wasn't living, he never stopped listening. And some of us, can I just bow down your lane? Our problem is, can't nobody tell you nothing included God. You think you know everything, and God is calling you to get loose. Some of us, self-included, sometimes we don't listen. There are people in your life who may be telling you something you need to do, but you won't listen. Maybe God is telling you what you need to do to get loose, but you won't listen. Can I just say this? If you want to stay dead, stay defensive. You want to stay dead? Keep being defensive. Every time somebody tried to tell you something, every time God tries to correct you, every time something happens, well, that's not me. Well, I would have done it this way. It? And Jesus saying, shut up, get out the way, move the stone, and listen to what I'm trying to tell you. If you want to stay dead, keep being defensive. The tomb can actually teach you, watch this, humility. I'm glad that it died. Why? so that you can now see this resurrection power that only comes from God. See, some of us, we need to allow our tombs to teach us something. And we're not loose because we're still talking about what I would have, should have, and could have done. If I was in charge, I would have done it this way. And Jesus said, that's not getting you anywhere. You are still bound. Let it go and learn something. Here's what I love about the interaction between uh, Jesus and Mary and Martha, uh, they said, He said, don't you know that, that everyone's going to be, yeah, I know about the resurrection. You remember this in the story. I know about the resurrection. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection. It's, it's not an event, it's a person. It's me. And if you let go and let me do my thing, stop being biased, stop letting people feed you false information, stop hanging on to stuff about what you would have, should have, could have done, let your tomb teach you something, because you are eye to eye and nose to nose. I am the resurrection. Let it go. Get loose. Let me fix it so that when I raise it up, God will get the glory let's pray God we thank you for this opportunity God to to hear your word and to help us to understand what it means to live again and so God I pray if there's anyone under the sound of my voice this morning who's struggling with that first God I pray that if they haven't first given their life to your son Jesus that they would make that decision right now they can do it right there in their seat you and them, one-on-one. But then, God, there are those of us who we have responded to the call to get up from the grave, but we're still bound. There's stuff in our past, there's stuff that people have said that we continue to hang on to because we think we could have done it better. But allow us to let our tombs teach us something so that we can realize that For even those whom you love, you let stuff die just so you can prove something to us and to those around us that you are the resurrection, you are life. And that when we give up everything that we have to you, including our right to control our past and our future. You can do something incredible and raise us up and get us free. God, we thank you for this opportunity to now observe communion and to give And we pray, God, that we do so in response to your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.